Hello, welcome to John's Author Diary for the week, ending August the 12th, 2019. This episode is going to be a little bit different to usual, so I'm just going to give a bit of a warning ahead that I'm probably going to talk about some things that are quite difficult, and you know, if you are easily upset, then maybe just switch this one off. So this week, I found out my dad died. Um, Not only did he die, he took his own life, so he hung himself. And and I don't tend to talk about stuff that is too personal on these podcasts. I mean, I talk about my life, things I'm doing, but I've definitely avoided talking about my past. And I think that part of this is because I had a very challenging upbringing. And I think the stuff that's happened this week has just kind of brought that back. So I'm just going to talk about it now. And I don't know why. <laughs> I just feel the need to, really. Um, I think what I found weird, to be honest, is the... You know, I've got friends and my wife who have reacted kind of more, I don't know, more upset than I am. They seem more hit by it. Now, I've been estranged from my dad for a couple of years. So have my other brothers and sisters. And the reason for this is because he was an abusive twat when we were growing up. Um, I grew up in a home with a lot of violence. My dad was on drugs throughout my childhood. He was in and out of prison. He was violent, he was mean, he was spiteful, he played power games. And so it's difficult for me to mourn this man. And yeah, he's my dad. He brought me up, kind of, but at the same time he didn't. You know, he might have been there, but he wasn't really present, if that makes sense. I was talking to my brother about this, and you know how you get people who wear those what would Jesus do bands. I've always thought of myself as having a what would dad do bands, and then do the opposite. Because <laughs> I just think he was the absolute worst role model. And over the past few years, you know, he met my son a couple of times. I was trying to have a bit of a relationship with him. Um, and my mum finally divorced him about four or five years ago. Now I think she should have divorced him, you know, 20 years ago, maybe longer. And this was on the back of a quite a violent incident where if it had gone another way, she could probably be dead by now. Um, so there was all this, there was all the drugs. You know, I've grown up and I've had friends die. There was big problems where I grew up in Wolverhampton. Um, so I've had friends I grew up with who died as a result of heroin or in prison or they've got into stuff to do with gangs. And I got away from that. Um, there were basically three ways out of where I was. It was boxing, music or education. And I did the education thing and it was only through force of will and having this real drive to get as far away from that situation as possible that led me to going to university, that led me to doing a PhD. You know, I was the first person in my family to go to university. I did a PhD and now I'm writing books and this shouldn't be the path for someone with my upbringing. If you go with the narrative, the usual narrative, the victim narrative, that goes on where you are a, a, a you know, you're a, um, what's the word, like a, a product of your upbringing that you're almost fated to be like your parents or something like that. And, and I've always just thought, fuck that. I'm not a victim. I've looked to successful people, people who've done well. I've found other role models. I've tried to model them. You know, it's been hard. It's been a struggle. I'm not where I want to be financially yet. I'm lucky that I've got a really supportive wife. And, you know, I've got the blindness as well. You know, I'm going blind. 
I should have that victim mentality. I should feel sorry for myself, but I don't. You know, it drives me and it makes me want to do better. And, you know, if there is a lesson from his life, that's it. It's like, don't do what he did. You know, don't live your life trying to be the master of your own little world by bringing other people around you down. Don't just spend it on drugs, doing benefit fraud, robbing, doing violence. It was like the the things I was hearing about him over the past few years. You know, I'd hear about him getting a job for a couple of weeks and then he'd lose it because he smashed up the place or, you know, he'd, he'd uh, have assaulted someone and had to have reconstructive surgery or he'd turn up at someone's house with a knife. Um, and, you know, I wish, I wish I was in a position, I wish I was in a position to feel bad. I wish I could mourn him, I wish I could grieve him. And I'm just, I can't. And I know that sounds terrible, you know, he's my dad. But he added so little value to my life. Like, I was thinking about memories, trying to come up with happy memories. And there was nothing really I could come up with before, you know, the age of six. Um, I remembered that he'd, like, made a treasure map for me when I was about five or six years old. And, you know, we stained it with tea and we'd, we'd, he made up a story about this treasure and all this stuff. Um, and he used to bring back books, like Thomas the Tank Engine books. But, you know, I was three, four years old, something like that. So they were the things I remembered. They were the kind of positive, happy thoughts that I remembered. And then, what? <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Which is really sad, which is a really shit legacy to have, isn't it? That's just fucking awful. Um, and then I think about the way he died, the way he killed himself. And his brother killed himself. And um, so I've known, you know, I've had two people very close to me who have taken their own life. And it's hard. It's a hard thing to kind of comprehend because there is part of you that goes, Okay, what if they'd have done this? What if they'd have done that? Could I have helped? And when my uncle Ian died, um, you know, he was more like a father figure to me when I was growing up. So he would take me places. He taught me fishing. He taught me, uh, you know, he bought me my first guitar. He took me to go and see steam trains and all this stuff and basically got me away from my dad. Um, so when he took his own life, I mean, it was, it was when I was doing my PhD. So it was over a decade ago now. Like, that hit me hard. That was really hard. That was, like, I grieved about that for a while. And I've seen suicide for a while. It has, like, it's almost like the the result of depression. It is the kind of final nail in the depression illness. And there's been part of me kind of worried about that kind of thing, you know, because I, I have, I don't know, I've had depression and things like that. And I don't believe I am fated to do that. don't believe I'm fated to make the same mistakes. And... The sad thing is with my dad is I realised quite a few years ago, I, you know, I, I worked out that, okay, he's either, within the next few years, he's going to, you know, after the divorce came through, my mum, I thought he's either going to kill himself, he's going to have some kind of drug overdose, or someone is going to kill him because he's a violent twat and he's going to hurt the wrong person. And so it was the first one, he, you know, he did hang himself. And I think the thing that I found just... I mean, I found the whole thing really sad, just sad. Um, but I think one of the sad things about it is he's been living in like this community accommodation for quite a few years now. You know, he went into a hostel after divorce and then um, ended up in like these community houses where there are other people who were probably in a similar situation. 
you know, maybe having addiction problems and things like that. And the police reckon that it had been about three weeks. <laughs> so, like, just no one had seen him. Nobody, you know, nobody had bothered. And it's it's sad. It's like, what? I just, I just, I think about my legacy quite a bit. Um, and what I want people to see my life as being the things I've achieved. Now, this could be in terms of books. This could be in terms of actually, you know, being a good, attentive father, being a good husband, that kind of thing. And having people who care, leaving people who care behind, you know, it sounds like a harsh thing, but, I, you know, I'd like to think that people will mourn my passing. And, you know, I've got two brothers, I've got, sorry, I've got two sisters and a brother, and we were all talking about this, and it's just like, it's just a very weird feeling. It's a very weird feeling just to think that, you know, we were all estranged from him, and we all had very different reasons for being estranged from him. Um, usually just because of the way he was, the way he acted, things he'd done to us, things he'd done to people we care about. Um, so I don't know. It's an odd one. Um, and it does just put things into perspective with life and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very ambivalent about it all. I think that's probably the thing, you know, that there is a real sadness real deep sadness to the whole situation and you know he's got quite a few brothers and sisters and i mean his brother you know i just can't imagine how he's feeling you know he's had two of his brothers take their own lives and that that must be just horrible to think about and i think the thing that people who take their own lives that they don't consider i mean maybe they do maybe you know i I hate to say this but maybe there's some he did it to almost have this as a bit of a last power thing or something i don't know like the fact that i'm even thinking that i think is says a lot about him um but uh, i don't know it's it's not good it you know he people who take their own lives you know that some people say it's like coward's way out and uh, i don't necessarily agree with that because i do think that with things like depression and whatever like people aren't necessarily thinking right but there is a like a double sense of loss for people you know there's the death there's the mourning that goes with that and then there's the self-reflection on am i to blame did i do something should i feel guilty now i don't feel guilty for being estranged from him and the reason is is you know as i've outlined the the violence and not feeling comfortable having him near my child and things like that and i say that but at the same time he had my number and I said, you know, call me whenever. If you need anything, just let me know. Um, I did have the olive branch there. I said, if you ever want to come up to come and stay more for a bit, you, you know, you can. And he never called. And the only, I think, you know, I think over the few years, the only times I did hear from him was his phone would be in his pocket. He'd make a bum call. <laughs> He'd call me and I'd just hear his pocket. Just hear the noise of him walking or whatever. Um, so he had my number. And... I don't know. He he just didn't. I think he just expected everyone else to come to him, and yeah, as I say, ev- everything everything he did is just like the opposite of what a rational, good person should do. So I don't know. It's as I say, it's an odd one. It's an odd one, and I think I'm gonna leave it there anyway. Um, I'm glad to have got that off my chest a bit. Um, 
I don't even know why I shared it really, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll give you some clues as to why I write the things that I do, the themes I work with. I mean, you know, the addiction one is obviously that runs through my Wasteland series. That's a big thing that I've tried to get my head around. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you can pull something from that. I don't know. Um, but I think I do and have found it difficult to share quite personal things. I'm, I'm quite a private person, really. I know I do these author diaries, but they're more kind of practical, just, you know, things I've been doing and not so reflective, not to the past anyway. Um, so I don't know. I don't know whether this will be a regular thing to do or whether this will just be a one-off. I hope. I hope. I don't know. I don't know what I hope. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But um, I'm probably not going to edit this either. So sometimes I did my author diaries just to, um, you know, make them a bit tighter. But yeah, probably about edit this. Um, so anyway, the yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening, and you know, yeah, just thanks for listening. It does mean a lot. Anyway, um, so I do, I do appreciate each and every listener to this, and to people who buy my books because it it does mean a lot. So. I'll show them. Right. Bye.